0: On today's program, Joyce and her guest will help you learn how to get your second wind. Now here's our host, Joyce Buford.
1: Welcome! You are listening to Second Wind, and I am thrilled that you are here today. I have a lot of things to share with you prior to our introducing my wonderful guest, fantastic guest, wonderful guest. Today, we are welcoming a new sponsor for Second Wind, and I am excited to tell you about HelloFresh. It's an amazing company that delivers delicious, ready to cook recipes to your front door. Oh, how we need a time saver like that. Each meal is complete. The ingredients are measured and exact quantities that are needed. There's no hassle. There's no waste. The recipes are set up so that anyone can make a delicious and nutritious meal in just 30 minutes. Now, you can receive $35 off, $35 off of your first week of meal deliveries by going to hello. Fresh.com and use my name Joyce and you will receive your discount. So, again, hellofresh.com and you will receive your $35 discount for your first week by using Joyce as your discounted code. So, welcome hellofresh to Second Wind. My guest today that you are going to love hearing his story and his message is a Canadian Colorado author Lance Seagreton, the former CEO of a Fortune 100 company university professor award winning columnist and author of 15 books about inspiration and leadership Lance's mission is sharing his concepts of genuine leadership as an executive coach to leaders globally. His firm, the Secret and Center Incorporated, is ranked number one in the world as an international leadership consulting firm by leadership excellence, yet... In addition to all of these accolades, and there are many, 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 many awards that I did not mention, Lance is also a man, and he's an excellent skier, a mountain biker, a hiker, and a devoted husband to Tricia for 30 years. It is this lasting mentioned attribute that is the core of this extraordinarily beautiful tribute to love, In his book, A Love Story, Lance celebrates his love for Tricia. In doing so, offers a guidepost for life partners to find the same spark, flame, torch about which he shares in his emerging popular leadership books and coaching lessons. After the death of his wife, Tricia, Lance shares this story of living and loving with his soulmate of 30 years through an intensely personal memoir, a love story. Welcome, Lance. I'm so excited to have you here.
2: Good to be with you. Thank you for inviting me.
1: I was very curious when I... Of course, I read your book, and I took it on a dream trip of mine. So I was all in the uh, reading and receiving all those beautiful poems that you wrote. And it, it is just sort of a chronological um, message of your your growth with Tricia and how your romance developed, I think I said that the way I wanted to say it. But one of the things I was very curious about is, after writing 13 books um, on leadership, how was it that you were able to open such an intimate part of yourself to share these beautiful poems with the public?
2: Well, you know, I've always felt that whatever adversity we face, and we all face them, that Mm -hmm. there's a learning there. And our role is to always try and learn from the adversity, but also to share what we learn. And mm. so, Trisha and I had a remarkable marriage, and you know, in 30 years, we never had a fight. And
3: mm-hmm.
2: we had a, an extraordinary relationship that other people always remarked on. Whenever we went anywhere, people would uh, notice about our relationship. Many people said they wished they had something as good as we had. So we were going to write a book together about it. We saw mm-hmm. the, out, the outline but never finished it. But what I want to share with people in this book is that everybody can have a relationship like this. And there is hope even for people who have been looking for a long time but haven't been successful. Or even people who are in a marriage that isn't working well but could work much better.
1: What do, you, do you think they can do this without support, without a transition, a coach, something to help them make that change if they are presently in a relationship that's not working?
2: Well, I think a coach can always help. So, yes, yeah. you could probably do it on your own, but you'd probably do it better with a coach. So I think a coach yeah. is always a useful uh, little um, elf on your shoulder, you know, who is <laughs> guiding you in a way that... Uh, uh, you can interact with that coach and say i 'm thinking about right. doing this. does that work, or what do you think about that?" or uh, possibly the coach has been through the experiences you have and therefore has wisdom to offer
1: yeah, but how did you find how did you find the courage i mean yes we don 't have an option when we lose somebody we love and you have such an intimate relationship and so close as your marriage was, how do you cope with recovery? And is there something called recovery in a situation like that?
2: I don't know. Uh, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, I I think you have to pick yourself up and move forward. So uh, whether you call that recovery or not, it's about making the best of what you've got. You know, you've been dealt with You have to play it. Yes. And uh, I think that's the way I feel. Uh, my, I had uh, a counselor I worked with uh, for a while, and uh, she said to me that you will never get over this, but you will get through mm-hmm. it. And I mm-hmm. like that expression. That sort of uh, feels right for me. You know, over the years, I wrote a lot of poetry for Tricia, but it mm-hmm. was personal and private, and I, yeah. I never intended to publish it. But... After she passed away, I thought, I wonder if I can use this poetry in a useful way that would inspire other people. And so from that idea grew the notion that I could weave a story of our love story, the journey that we Mm -hmm. took together, around these poems. And that's what the book is about.
1: Yeah, you did that beautifully. I just walked through your marriage with you, you know, and that was really, really nice. It helped to see the growth and the depth of it. Um, so, but this was not this was not your f- first really deep, deep loss. You you also lost a daughter.
2: Yes, I did. Yeah, and, and was
1: that during your marriage to? I'm sorry, during your marriage to Tricia or?
2: No. No, no for uh, Tricia and I married it's my previous uh, marriage, and my first wife also passed away, not while we were married, but uh, uh, subsequently afterwards.
1: Mm-hmm. So have you dealt with a lot of death and grief of very um, close?
2: Yeah, my brother, my best friends, two or three of my best friends, and yeah, a lot of a lot of it um, yeah. yeah So you deal yeah. with all of that, right?
1: All right, we do. Some seem to deal with it a little bit more than others, um, you know. And I, I see that in your path. But, but, Lance, what, um, how, what are some of the steps that you found gave you comfort, other than going to a coach during this sad period of your time? I know you're sad still in some areas. But you still are not where you were the day that Trisha died.
2: Right. I think that for me, um, many, many people offered grieving books and uh, honestly, I didn't find that very helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, Many people said to me, I can't tell you how many, uh, remember all the great memories instead of uh, the pain that you're in now. And that Mm -hmm. didn't help at all because every time I'd go back to a memory, it made the pain even worse. So I I wanted that wonderful experience back again. So none of those techniques, which are so well known, helped at all. I think what helped for me was to throw myself in my work, Mm -hmm. uh, to try and uh, be very open to support and help and friendship from my family and friends. Uh, much more so than I would naturally be, just to be welcoming uh, for all the assistance that people offered, and uh, to distract myself as much as possible. I went to a lot of the places, yeah. physically, that Bishop right. and I had uh, loved together.
1: Mm-hmm. And, uh, you
2: know, yeah. that's, that's, it's a slow journey.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: Um Yeah.
1: I'm... We think there are many tools that you can go through, such as meditation and journaling and all of those things that are important to help you express yourself. But for a man who already expresses himself pretty well, that's um, sometimes difficult for people that are first time going through the transition of expressing themselves. Did I say that? so you understand Yeah, I'm going to stop here Lance before you go into that thought because we are going to our first commercial and when we come back we're going to talk about what Lance believes is the secret to a deep loving and sacred relationship these are the words that you really want to hear how you can create that in your life so When we come back, we're going to share that. Go back to your thought, Lance, that I just had to stop you on, of course. And then we will go on into the secret of having this beautiful, deep relationship that we all want when we take the journey of marriage. So we'll come back briefly. Thank you.
0: Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author, Joyce Buford returns after this short break.
4: Would you like to know how to bring more ease to all the decisions you need to make in life? Knowing your core values is the first step in Joyce's free live masterclass. You'll discover your top five core values in as little as 45 minutes. Join her now at... Free gift from Joyce dot com.
5: Did you ever wonder how reindeer survive the severe cold? Well, they snuzzle around for some moss to eat. Moss contains a special chemical that helps keep their body fluids warm. And they're going to have to keep warm if they're going to pull Santa's sleigh every year. Santa's sleigh was originally called a wing doodle. Both male and female reindeer grow antlers, but male reindeer drop their antlers at the beginning of winter. I can't help but wonder why Santa's reindeer from Rudolph to Blitzen had male names. Since they had antlers, they would have had to be female. We women should have known only females would be able to drag a hefty man outfitted in a red velvet suit, originally called a Hoopin' Daddy, all around the world in one night and not get lost. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words.
0: Welcome back to this segment of Second Word. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author, and coach, Joyce Buford. Welcome back to this segment of Second World. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author, and coach, Joyce Buford.
1: We are talking today with Lance Secreton, and we're talking about his new book, a love story that talks about his journey in from the very beginning of how he met his wife, Tricia and through her final days, not so much on the final days, but how their love grew over that time through expressing their relationship through very close intimacy. But Lance, I just want to go back and pick up this last little thing that I had to cut you off before break. Um, about coping with the sadness and the sorrow that you go through when you lose someone?
2: Yes, I think the last point I was going to make is that uh, mm-hmm. one of the things I was very conscious of was staying well. I think it's very easy to become unwell, both mentally and physically, after a trauma like this. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. one of the things I knew is that I had to sleep and I had to eat properly and had to basically take care of myself in, in ways that I hadn't really done on my own before. And uh, oh. that was that was very important. Otherwise, I'd just be eating, you know, junk food. Mm.
1: Hmm. I
2: think that's yeah. a very important piece. Too people forget about that.
1: Oh yeah, um, yeah. The exercise and just all of that is part yeah. of the transition period, really, to help you through it. Now we had mentioned going into the the secrets and the the romance of of keeping a relationship healthy. And you mentioned to me that this relationship is not only in marriages, but it's also in working with people in your professional life, in your companies. And so this is very important that as you listen to these, for those that are listening from the side of romance, you listen to it that way. But you also listen to it knowing that it's in a lot of areas of our life, particularly our work, our interaction with other people that we're around. So would you share with us, Lance, some of your beliefs?
2: I think that uh, in a simple way of explaining this, when we run organizations, we Mm. have typically focused on motivation, which is a fear-based system. So we identify a goal and then we... uh, provide an incentive to people like a profit sharing or a bonus or something like that to try Mm -hmm. and motivate them to achieve their goal. But this is really a fear-based system and it's all about us. And if you think about it, Mm -hmm. this is the way we run our society, vote for me or the bad guys will get you in politics, in marketing, (laughs) buy this product or you'll be ugly, Mm
3: -hmm. Uh, in
2: in, uh, religion, join my religion or you'll go to hell, in business do what Mm -hmm. I say or uh, I'll fire you in parenting, mm-hmm. do what I say, or I'll punish you. And so it goes. So mm-hmm. we've learned to become very good motivators. But what I've discovered in my work is that that's not actually the the way forward because there are 244,000 books on leadership on Amazon.com. We spend oh, seventy billion billion a year on leadership development, and leadership mm-hmm. is broken everywhere. So clearly mm-hmm. that's not a working model that's good for us. But what is... The thing that works—it's inspiration, not motivation. And if you think about people who've made a difference in your life, people who've inspired you, an
3: inspiration
2: mm. is a gift to another person. In, in motivation, is something you need, but in inspiration, it's something that you give. You don't have a need; it's a gift. It's generous. It's a service to others. It's love for others. And anybody who's ever had a, mo- a coach or a mentor or someone who's made a difference in their lives knows what inspiration is. So I describe motivation as lighting a fire under someone and inspiration Mm -hmm. as lighting a fire within someone. Now, a marriage is about inspiring each other. And Mm -hmm. in the work world, that life is about being sure that you inspire employees to achieve great things. You inspire customers to buy your products. And you have an inspiring organization that other people want to work for and admire and want to copy. So, in reality, you see, everything we do in life is about inspiration. I go to the movies that inspire me, I drink Uh at the coffee shops that inspire me, I smell flowers that inspire me, I hang out with people that inspire me, and as long as I'm inspired that'll continue, but when I am no longer inspired, then it's over. And that's the secret of a great relationship, and it's the secret of how we lead great companies.
1: Okay, I'm thinking about that. And I so see the inspiration part. I do. I see it in marriages. But I think what happens is we get kind of blindsided in marriages because we get off track of what inspires us.
2: Well, Does that make what, sense? What happens in the marriage is that we focus on ego. We focus on my need, what I need, what you're supposed to do to make me happy, when mm-hmm. in reality it's not about that. It's about incrementally increasing every single day the level of inspiration for the other person. And if we do that, mm-hmm. we, you, you, I, my, my theory is that we can make any relationship work. Even if you hang out with someone that you like a lot, but you wouldn't necessarily live the rest of your life with them. But if you inspire them every day, you'll inspire them to inspire you. And pretty soon you'll come to a place where you say, I want to live with this person for the rest of my life.
1: <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I really like that. So there's encouragement there for people that are struggling with their marriage now by what you say, that if we just turn it, and maybe that is we need help to do that, but it's by turning the whole premise from what i need what i need more to what you need and how you want to grow and how you want to be and it it is returned through love yeah
2: right and and, you know it's not it's not difficult in concept it's a bit difficult in practice because Mm -hmm. we're so used to taking care of our own needs and we're not really used to taking care of other people's needs as a primary purpose so you know, it's, it's all that way in a great relationship. Mm-hmm. People would say, I'm inspired by my husband or my wife because she or he always inspires me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was, I was in my dentist the other day. We were talking. They knew my, my wife, and we were, I was talking to the hygienist when I had mm-hmm. my mouth uh, available. And mm-hmm. uh, she was saying, you know, Krishna was such a a wonderfully inspiring person you always felt better when you spent time with her and she was always so interested in you and always so glad to see you and i said oh so beautiful the way you've summed her up because (laughs) that's what i used to say about her that uh she basically sprinkled pixie dust wherever she went
1: oh that's beautiful i love that well you know i i'm using one of the quotes that was provided to me of 58 percent of marriages fail and do you think that is because of where our marriages have gone i mean we've always um
2: <laughs>
1: we've yeah, always
2: that you know the the statistics get worse so fifty eight 58 of first marriages but 65% of second marriages fail mm. and 72% mm. of third marriages fail. So clearly oh my people don't learn. Right. Uh, they get out of one nasty relationship and then mm. find, fall in love with a new person and then wreck that one. And then <laughs> they fall into with another one and then they wreck that one too. So it's all about the ego. Mm. In the, yeah. end, the first thing we have to do is say, of course, I've got an ego. Everybody has an ego, and we need an ego. Otherwise, we'd never get anything done. But Mm -hmm. it isn't the boss, and it Mm. isn't what's driving us, because if it is, you're going to wreck your marriage.
1: All right. Oh, well, you know, I'm a core values coach. I believe in core values, people having matching values. I think that's important in marriages.
2: Yes, it is. Yeah, very important. And it's also important to share interests as well. Ah. So that, you know, I find people uh, scouring the Internet looking for a mate. But, you Mm -hmm. you know, that's unlikely to work well. It does work sometimes. But, for instance, you know, if I am a passionate skier, if I want to find a new mate, I would go to a ski place. Because that's where I'm going to find someone who shares interests that I have. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that's the important thing. You know, here's an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. We, we uh, in, in leadership, we would say that a great leader is someone who has vision, uh, is a good decision maker, hires a great team, motivates them, uh, increases shareholder wealth, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then if we were to say, well, what's a great spouse? Well, that's someone who's compassionate, loving, intimate, passionate, listening, has a good sense of humor, uh, loving, Now, how is it that we got these two sets of words, you know, one set of words of what kind of behavior we're looking for a human being in a romantic relationship and an Mm -hmm. entirely different set of words in the corporate setting? Why Hmm. would not we take those same words that we use in the romantic setting and use them in the corporate world? I mean, what people are actually looking for in the corporate world is intimacy, passion, listening, being heard, Mm -hmm. loving. I mean, all of those things. That's what we're yearning for. Why would we try this sort of foreign language thing that we do in the corporate world and say that's what works there, and something totally different works elsewhere? That's just not true.
1: <laughs> it makes pretty good sense. We'd use the same words, and then we wouldn't have such a problem in understanding how they me- how they work, and what they mean for your life. Yeah. You know, and we might save a few marriages along the way, yes. right? Yes. That would be good. That would be good. That's
2: right. Um, I also also say that, by the way, in my work, that when we're we're transforming organizations, we we work with the culture of pretty big firms around the world, and mm -hmm. we make sure they understand this is about life. It's not about your business. Your business is just part of life. But every Mm -hmm. part of your life is going to be touched. For example, if you're going to live more courageously as we recommend in the spark, the flame, and the torch, then courage is going to show up everywhere. It'll show up in the supermarket, it'll show up when you're driving, it'll show up with your wife or, or husband, it'll show up when you're at work. In other words, it's a universal thing. If you're going to start telling the truth more rigorously than you have been in the past, which is always inspiring to other people, then you're going to have to do that everywhere, with your kids, with your friends.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we're we're going to go to a break shortly, and when I when we come back, I really want to talk a little bit more about the spark, the flame and the torch, which is your book on leadership. Uh, because I personally think we're all leaders, whether we're in corporate America or uh, raising a fran- family, uh, doing volunteer, whatever it is. It, we cannot avoid being a leader. Right. So when we come back, we are going to start talking a little bit about another book that Lance has created and is using. And it's, it's just really good. So we'll be back shortly.
0: Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author, Joyce Buford, returns after this short break. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond.
6: Did you know that the average teenager drinks twice as much soda as milk? Since 1983, sugar consumption in the U.S. is up 28%. Why is that? There are several reasons, but one of the most common is soft drinks. 20-ounce beverages have become the norm, and it's not surprising to find that 43% of our sugar comes from drinks. Sugar is blamed for poor nutritional diets. USDA data shows that people whose diets are high in added sugar eat less calcium, fiber, iron, protein, and many other important nutrients. Fat-free foods are also a culprit. Since sugar is fat-free, many people tend to think it's okay to eat as much as they want. Remember, that just because a food is fat-free, does not mean that it's calorie-free also. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. It's
2: merging.
5: Year, The United States Postal Service successfully ships over 160 billion packages and letters, with bills traveling through the mail at twice the speed of checks. Automated sorting machines read zip codes and directs the mail to the proper destination. But last year, they failed to read some 2.4 billion pieces of mail, all because of cacography. That's bad handwriting. So what happens to all that errant mail? The post office hires more than 700 postal clerks to decipher the most difficult ones. When a sorting machine discovers an illegible address, it scans and sends a digital image to the clerk's computers amazingly the average clerk can crack the code in just three seconds not everyone can keep up though as management at the post office is always pushing the envelope It's words you never i'm carolyn davidson and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app too funny for words
0: welcome back to this segment of second Word. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author, and coach, Joyce Buford.
1: Welcome. We are in for a special treat. Lance is going to read one of his poems to us from the beautiful book, A Love Story. So Lance, I'm going to let you just kind of set this up.
2: Okay. Well, um, after Trisha died, I was on my own, and I asked that question that I think everybody asks at, at this sort of stage, which is, where are you?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Where did you go? I mean, one day you're here, and you're a physical person, and we're sharing life together, and the next, you're not here anymore. I'm, but where are you? Your physical body's not here. And of course, every faith tradition has their answers about what that is, and... Every philosophy too but I wasn't sure I was getting a clear answer and then mm-hmm. I was I was one morning I was having a coffee and I looked out of my window and the sun was rising and it was a gorgeous sunrise and I looked at it and I said Trish is that you are you mm-hmm. beautiful sun? Have you come back as a lovely ray of sunlight for me and that caused me to write this poem which is about some of the favorite things that Trish loves so much, is called It Must Be You. The call of the loon, the alpenglow, the eclipse of the moon, they're beautiful. So they must be you. The double rainbow, the mist in the veil, the silent snow, they're beautiful. So they must be you. A poppy's love, sunset and merlot, the clouds above, they're beautiful, so they must be you. These favorite moments of magic and joy, here at least, they're beautiful, so they must be you. They say the gods in everything, the dances we share and the songs we sing, they're beautiful, so they must be you. I searched for you, looked everywhere, and then I knew. Everything's
1: beautiful. It's you. Mm, That is beautiful. Beautiful comment about love and being with a person. Thank you, Lance. One of the things we learn from loving someone is that we expressed in our last talked about in our last segment was that loving doesn't need to stop at the front door of our home life it needs to expand into our everyday life it needs to expand into our work into our volunteering into whatever fills the rest of our days parenting <laughs> so There is a book that Lance has written, one of his many books, but it's called The Spark, The Flame, and The Torch. And the belief is, Lance, and why you wrote this book was there's a transition that you've seen over leadership over the last few years, really major changes. So share with us why you felt this book was so important?
2: Well, you know, the question is, why does something inspire us?
1: and the
3: uh-huh.
2: answer is because we love it. Mm-hmm. Why does a love partner inspire us? Uh, and why do we love them? Because they inspire us.: So why uh-huh. do a tree or a sunset or uh, an eclipse of the moon, or uh, anything else that we love? That's what inspires us. So we really want to put love and at the heart, so to speak, of everything, including the corporate world. And yet we have so much trouble understanding this and uh-huh. terrible difficulty actually saying it. So if you get uh-huh. males, for example, especially men saying to each other, I love you in a corporate setting, it's just unheard of. So we we have to get across this bridge and we're extremely emotionally immature and can't really do that well in the corporate world but you know this book really starts with the idea that inspiration is better than leadership and better than motivation we're never going to find the holy grail in leadership as i said earlier we've written a million books on it and we're still not there so let's try something that would work and what would work is is inspiration now how do we get there so We first of all have to fill up our own tanks because we Mm -hmm. can't inspire other people unless we're inspired first, that's the spark. Mm -hmm. Once our tanks are full, we're able then to inspire other people, that's the flame. And once we're inspiring other people, we're able to inspire the world, that's the torch. And there are components Uh within each of these about how you do that. How do I fill up my tank, how do I inspire myself so that I can inspire others? And then how do I inspire others? And then lastly, how do I inspire the world?
1: Mm -hmm. Would you say spark or inspire could relate to the word passion?
2: Yes, uh, I'm sure it could. Uh, I think that the opposite is also true. If you're not inspired by something, you don't have passion for it.
1: Mm, Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I was very, it was quite interesting. I'm going to tell a story on myself. I was very uh, interested in being part of a committee that created the Children's Museum here in Tyler. And it it was a science museum. I really didn't have science background. I wasn't a strong science student. But I had such a passion for this project. It was passion that made me go out and raise money which I'd never raised money before and it it was it is such a driver. If yeah. you got it, it changes everything around you. Right. And you don't ask, "Oh, I can't do that." It, you do. You face your fears, you go out, you knock on doors, you do what you have to do to get because you're driven with passion. So I'm kind of relating the inspiration with my passion. So that's yeah. why I'm Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, let me give you an example of that so typically in an organization uh, almost every company has a mission statement
3: mm-hmm. and the
2: mission statements tend to be very similar so you could sort of change chocolate factory for cheese factory and you could pretty well end up using the same mission statement and i've actually <laughs> exchanged mission statements among different companies and they didn't know whether they got their own or not you know it's sort of like mm-hmm. that so they're bland uninspiring and kind of pathetic and that's the standard for most organizations what we have developed and what i write about in the book is the concept of creating a dream now an organization with a dream that's a much higher Mm -hmm. order of thinking and in order to fill our tank and become totally inspired ourselves we each need a dream we need a dream in the corporation so what's the dream for the company if I give you one example, Humana, which is a uh, health insurance company, mm-hmm. uh, we created a dream for them. In the eight years that they have since we created that dream, they've grown from fifteen billion to sixty billion dollars, times. Oh my goodness! And they That's were awesome. so excited by that dream. They said, "You know, we're based in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. We'd like to create a dream as a gift for the city of Louisville. Would you do that for us?" We'll pay for it. Will you do the work?" And I said, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So we created a dream for the city of Louisville, and that's helped to transform Louisville as well. So you see, Mm -hmm. a dream is an incredibly uh, powerful receptacle for passion, whereas a mission statement simply isn't. And when we have, as you rightly pointed out, passion, that inspires us. And when we get inspired, we can do anything.
1: Mm. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That is right down my alley. I love all that. Passion, I believe so, in the, in the dream. If you'll hold that dream high enough so that you can see it and it's part of you, then nothing stops you. You right. just move through it. Now, you use an acronym in your SPARKS that I really like, the, and the acronym is for the word Castle. Would you right. s- explain those to us?
2: yes of course that's in the uh, the flame part so once we we Mm -hmm. have become inspired now we're going to inspire other people how do we do that and the way we discovered this was we did research to find out what do people not like about leaders and they said well we don't like cowards we don't like people (laughs) who are phony we don't like people Mm -hmm. who are selfish we don't like Mm -hmm. people who lie we don't like people who rule with fear and we don't like idiots incompetent leaders (laughs) yeah those six Characteristics. We said, well, then why don't we just do the opposite? And the opposite mm-hmm. is c- courage, authenticity, mm-hmm. service, truthfulness, love, and effectiveness. Now, we love, we call those the Castle principles because that's the acronym that those words spell. But we mm-hmm. love, you see, people who are courageous. We love people who are authentic. We love people who serve others. We love people who tell the truth. We love people who are loving, and we love people who are effective. So if you practice, live the Castle Principles every day, this will inspire other people. And that's true in a marriage, and it's true mm-hmm. in the corporate world.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, these are just so wonderful and inspiring <laughs> and really uh, I would like all of those in whoever was leading me. I would like all of those if I were married right. as to be traits of my partner and my right. partners in my working world. is certainly, yeah. I mean, that way you've got somebody, you know, that's got your back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can move forward with them. They can, you know, I, I this is just all just very, very interesting to me.
2: I- an interesting little uh, vignette here i my wife and i went to stay with marianne williamson uh, one time she's a friend of ours mm-hmm. and, uh, she has written a lot of books she's probably the leading authority on The uh, course in miracles and uh, yes mm-hmm. she, she uh we went to stay with her and i said marianne i'm so excited because i'm, I'm working on this idea uh, it's called the castle principles and uh let me tell you what those each of those that are stand for and she said just a minute Uh, Let me see if I can guess. So, C is for courage, A is for authenticity, (laughs) S is for service, T is for truthfulness, L is for love, and E is for energy. And I looked at her my mouth was open.
3: And I said,
2: that's incredible. I mean, you only got one different from mine, and I I guess energy is a good choice just as much as effectiveness. Mm -hmm. How did you do that? And she said, you know, I know your work and I know how you think. And she said, there's nothing for any of us to learn here. We all mm. we knew this. Mm-hmm. It's part of our right. DNA. It's one of the earliest things we were ever taught that we should be telling the truth and be authentic and so, not and not
3: awesome.
2: be selfish and right. so on. And so yeah. all we're doing is coming back, rather like Roger, uh, Robert Fulgum. You remember the All right. I ever, uh, all I really learned, I learned in kindergarten. And uh, it's the same thing that, uh, you know, at a very early age, we learn these things and we've just forgotten them. So it's very easy. We don't have to teach anything new here. We just have to remember what we've forgotten. Transformational coach,
0: motivational speaker and author, Joyce Buford returns after this short break.
4: Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? 287
3: 747
5: Did you ever wonder about the origin of Murphy's Law? You know the maxim that if anything can go wrong, it will. Murphy's Law was named after Captain Edward A. Murphy, an engineer working at Edwards Air Force Base in 1949. Captain Murphy was working on a project designed to measure how much sudden deceleration a human could stand in a crash. After discovering a transducer constructed for the experiment was wired wrong, Murphy squabashed the technician responsible by exclaiming, If there's any way to do it wrong, you will find it. In other words, circumvent mistakes and miscobobbles before they happen. Aerospace manufacturers began quoting Murphy's Law to their engineers, and soon it became an eponym. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words.
0: Welcome back to this segment of Second Wave. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author, and coach, Joyce Buford.
1: We are having such a great show. I hope you're enjoying this as much as I am. But I do want to mention one thing. You know, tonight when you go home, we are so busy. We're busy all during the day. We've got all this job that we have to do and activities and carpool and everything and it's there's just not enough time to get it all done so menu planning grocery shopping cooking is difficult I have a solution and it's called hello fresh this is amazing business about delivering delicious ready-to-cook recipes to your front door and it's all farm fresh ingredients Each meal is complete. The ingredients are measured to exact quantities. It's just a no-brainer. So you have a step-by-step meal in 30 minutes. Now, if you're interested, and I so encourage you to, take the advantage of the first week $35 off for that week by using the name Joyce. Go to HelloFresh.com and use my name, And you will have $35 off for your first week of purchase with HelloFresh.com. So I love the meals. I love doing it. So for me, it's a time saver. I hope you will think about using this wonderful company. We have, as I said, just had the most interesting discussion today about love, about love and how it applies in relationships when our marriages are struggling so much these days because we've we've got the wrong we've got the wrong thing working in our marriages it's all about us versus helping them become better greater full of love but we also have that going on in our companies and we have seen great Um, exodus from companies over the past few years, people that just can't take the grind of corporate America. And the popularity of people leaving corporate America is growing by leaps and bounds. So Lance and his work is helping leaders reshape their direction to create a passion for how they want their company to be, and to put more personal love and compassion. If you think about it, the, the castle principle, which Lent shared with us, are all the six things that we knew as we came into this world. We all were courageous, authentics, and we all like to serve and help people in truthfulness. We were truthful. We knew about love. And we knew effectiveness, but we lost it as we grew into who we are today. So his flame from the book, the spark, the flame, and the torch, is one of the principles that he uses. Now, Lance, you had told me or shared a a fact or a story that happened during this development of this book.
2: Well, you know, it goes back a while, because I used to run a very large company. We built it from scratch to 70,000 employees, and then I Mm -hmm. moved from there to the university where I was a professor of of leadership. Mm -hmm. And I was amazed to see that what we teach was nothing like what I was doing for 14 years. (laughs) I wrote a book. It was called Managerial Moxie. And... I uh, was amazed to see that that went uh, to the top of the best-selling list. And then companies started calling me and saying, can you bring uh, this thinking to our companies? And then I couldn't handle my teaching load and my mm, consulting. So I gave up my teaching. But uh, that was the first of 15 books about leadership. But what yep. happened was I moved through management to leadership to inspiration. That was the sort of journey, mm-hmm. and by the time I got through my 14th book, which was a book called Inspire, What Great Leaders Do, I realized that I really needed to go back to square one and think through all the things that w- I had written about over the years, ditch the things that were awful, <laughs> and there were a lot of them,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and build on the things that were great, and then add new things, and that's what the spark, the flame, and the torch became. So it's essentially a, um, uh, you know, grand opus kind of uh, piece of work, masterwork, Mm. as it were, because it's really taking the history of my life's work and putting it into this one book. And what I've really come to terms with now, and that book is not, uh, you know, it's five years old, so I haven't really Mm. changed my view at all about this, that we are just yearning to be inspired. We've just been through an election, which was probably the most uninspiring election we've ever had to live through, Amen. What would we, a, an inspiring experience?
1: Mm -hmm. I have a question because you mentioned in your intro you were writing and teaching different things. So are you saying that you've been writing in your book what you presently believe, and then when you went to teaching, you were finding it different?
2: In what way? I think what happened was that I uh, built a company with, with a wonderful team mm-hmm. based on conventional thinking at that time. And I wrote about it at that time. But I think things have changed a lot. And I think a lot of my thinking at that time is obsolete. I don't mm-hmm. think it makes sense anymore. I think that let uh-huh. me can be one example. A very common phrase to be used in business is holding people accountable. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't do that anywhere else in our lives. You don't hold your wife accountable. Mm. Why would we do that at work? Or I'll give you another example, performance reviews, where we sit down and we evaluate the performance of people. We, we wouldn't do that at work, at home. I mean, if we were to do that, let me run you through this, what it would sound like. So, uh, hi, honey, we're going to sit down and go through uh, some of the key performance indicators for you for the last year. We're going to talk about your budget <laughs> and your performance and see uh, what your aspirations are and where you need help and so on. I mean, you wouldn't get four words out of your mouth. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't do that at home. Why would you do it at work?
3: Mm. Mm-hmm. That's
2: what the the realization was for me: is that this is all one. And the book I wrote uh, after Inspire was called One: The Art and, and Practice of Conscious Leadership. So it's oh. really about about your. There is oneness. And in fact, I say in that book that whenever we're unhappy or sad or yeah. broken or wounded it's because we're separated from what and whom we love. Mm -hmm. Whenever we're inspired and joyful and blissful, it's because we're one with what and whom we love. And that explains all of life's adventures. When we're Mm -hmm. static in our marriages, it's because we're one with our partner. When we love the company we're working with, it's because we're one with them.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, For those people listening that would like to start reading and start uh, putting your ideas into their lives, where would, what would be the book that you would start with? Because you've written so many.
2: Yes, I would say it depends what their interests are, because I wrote another book called Living the Moment, and that's a book that is actually a very short read, 53 pages, very heavily illustrated. It's a story of two Native Americans who uh, learn, one's called Eagle, one's called Hawk, and they learn what the meaning of life is about. So um, Uh. many, many different, uh, it depends what you want to do, what you want to learn. If you Mm -hmm. want the best Mm -hmm. business book I've written, probably it's The Spark, A Flame, and The Torch. Mm If you want an overview of what life is really about, then one is probably, which includes the Castle Principles, by the way. And uh, Living the Moment is another book that I would recommend, I just talked about. Then another book I wrote is called The Way of the Tiger. And that's a, a book, it's a fable, and uh, I wrote that book about all the animals in the zoo, and all the animals in the zoo teach a chipmunk mm-hmm. the concepts of leadership and living a successful life. Mm. So, well,
1: group. yeah, great suggestions, though. Those are three very good books that... Um, or four very good books that uh, would be a good starting point for my listeners if they're really wanting to um, instigate, change, put more development into their life. Um, they want to know why why we're here they want to know why they're here, they want to know how they will be, and they want to know what they will do in their life. This is a good starting place for us for you, so that's great. It's good for us all to hear that. Now, as, you know, I have to ask this question because the world has changed so much. And, you know, we talk about a new word here, Gen Y, and all these younger people. And we see that they have shifted. Uh, are they the um, entitled generation? Um, this has to play a big, big Part in leadership this day, today, um, because you're working with a different, um, different way of thinking.
2: Right.
1: Is is that a good way to ask that question? What? Oh, the, question, the question is. Well, I'm I'm not. I'm working on that
3: question.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> the question is. <laughs> How do we work with the younger people to lead? Do, do these six, six inspiring ways, is this also what the younger employees are looking for in leadership?
2: Absolutely. And, you know, I think the, one of the things we can start with is to stop creating separateness mm-hmm. for, different, for different age groups. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. silly. I mean, yeah. there are things that young people do that are different. For example, they work on their phones more and they're digital.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And, you know, the older generation isn't so much. Right. That's probably the only difference. Are you, and nobody can tell me that one generation is more committed to uh, uh, wanting love in their lives than another True. one.
1: That's true. true, that's so true.
2: And yeah. so the council principles are absolutely universally applicable. And what I think is extremely mm. misleading, and one of the worst things we do in leadership, is to say, okay, let's run a, a seminar now on how to lead millennials or <laughs> Generation X, yeah. as if they're yeah. different you know, aliens or something. This is when we get into trouble, as I said earlier. When we start separating, that's when we're unhappy.
1: Yeah. Lance, I I just hate to call this to an end, but we're there. I asked perhaps a bigger question than we had time for, but I have so enjoyed having you on this show. It's just enlightened me, it's, and I know it's enlightened my audience. So not only in our personal relationships with our loved ones, but um, our work as well. So thank you very much for being with us today.
2: It's been a joy to be with you. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much. Now, if you're interested and want more of Joyce Buford, please go to Joyce Buford Empowers, and there you will find how to connect more with me. And I would so love to hear from you. Till next
0: week, have a great week. Joyce Buford returns next week at this same time for another edition of Second Wind.